All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Thank you for joining us here next Friday in February, Tim. Can you believe it? We're in February. No, I can't. It flew by. Why why can't you believe it? January went by too fast for you? It did. And today's actually a big day. It's a a big day because it's the end of my... I would never talk about my my, um, health cleansing my diets it's i'm not that type of person i would never talk about it i would never why say do you lie you lie to her you talk about your <laughs> stupid diets all the time but but i'm going to right now i uh i was finished whole 30 which i'd done once years ago and dry january which extended because i started a few days late with my holiday break so that ends tonight and so i'm gonna have movie night i'm gonna have pizza and beer I haven't had carbs or cheese or alcohol or anything good tasting for a month. And maybe some cake or ice cream, too. I'm going to really have a party and, and get sick. I'll probably throw up. Just did my you, I didn't know you did alcohol as well. Yeah, it's included in Whole30. Um, no alcohol. So it's basically like meat, fruits, vegetables with like basic seasonings, no sugar. So like I, it's basically garlic powder, onion powder, salt, pepper. That's pretty much all you can use. Um and yeah, it's it was fun. I feel good, but I'm ready to get back into okay eating what I want. I I have a whole slot of stuff. Why no spices? Why um, just the basics? Just just to be mean? No, no, you can have spices, but like pre like you can't use like taco spice for like a taco kit because it has ingredients in it that's not compliant with Whole30, like sugar, like all these chemicals and stuff. So you make your own. Like I would mix cumin and. Uh, okay. cilantro and that sort of thing like you can have That's spices funny. yeah um and things like that and so yeah but it ends tonight do you, do you notice a difference with your body tim i didn't i should have taken like i didn't take my weight or anything like that but i do feel very i feel light nimble agile i feel like yeah i feel good how often do you look at yourself shirtless in the mirror every Daily? day yeah do you notice a more defined physique because of the whole 30. I do. I do. And like, I'm going to, I'm going to let myself party tonight, but I'm not going to, I'm going to try to keep some good habits there. Some, some snacks I picked up that I love now, uh, coconut chips, a little salt, incredible baked. Yeah. They're really good. They're not that bad for you compared to most snacks, things like that. So fruit falling back in love with fruit again. I never used to have it that often. And now I love it. Pineapple mango. 
delicious. So and you still yeah. do your push-ups, right? From that push-up challenge you did last year. That, that was a different that was like a month thing. But I went to the gym. Here's but this thing. was a month thing though, right? Yeah, 30 day thing. Okay, yeah. but you're gonna like, keep these habits, not those habits. Some, but it's like okay. it's about yeah. Okay, okay, but I went to the gym this morning. And oh. I usually like this in my in my apartment complex. It's kind of a small gym, but it's nice. And I usually like ending with um, I like these sorts of exercises. They call them different things: pyramids, twenty ones, whatever. Like you do like seven reps with a lightweight, and then a heavier weight, then a heaviest weight, and you come back down. And by the time you get to the bottom, even though it's a lightweight, you're burnt out because there's no rest time in between. You can do it with pretty much anything. I was doing it with curls. By the time I get down to back to like, I think the 10 pound curls at the end and I'm like, my arms are dead and, and in comes walking like two cute girls in the gym. They see me struggling with trying to curl 10 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, That's I gotta funny. get out of here. Yeah. I left right then. I was like, I'm I'm gone. I hope I never see you. Didn't even again. try to explain yourself. I was lifting <laughs> 80s earlier, I promise. Yeah, I was on a thousand. I don't know if you heard me. Yeah. That's so funny. Well, I'm I'm happy for you. You 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 feel good? Feel good, yeah. Feel good. We'll we'll talk on Monday to see how your body rejects the carbs <laughs> and everything. Because you're gonna get sick, like you said. You're gonna I'm feel going it. To. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Tim. Put yourself It'll be fine. just I again this whole diet thing. Why not just, I don't know, maybe you, do you just do this just for fun? Because you're just, it's like, I'm going to try something new. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun way to keep myself accountable. Because I can just be like, all right, I'm just going to decide to eat better from now on. And like, just follow some basic rules, but they don't stick. And so I like setting up like little challenges to motivate myself. It is good to kind of know you can do it, you know, build that virtue. It's like, okay, I can overcome my wants and you know stuff like that like i want to drink 10 beers but i can, I, I don't have to good for you tim i'm happy i'm Thank very you. happy for it let's move Thank on you. to some for let's let's recap we had a big interview on wednesday by the way milan lucci out of all the interviews we've had we've had some high-end hall of fame players all-star players you name it we've done it here on dropping the gloves i was probably the most nervous for the milan lucci interview I don't know why I respect the guy. We obviously have had a history together, him and I, I was, I was a little nervous going into it, but at the end of the day, I thought it was a great interview. I loved it. I thought he was very forthright. He loves to tell a story. He warned us before we went on. He's like, I can spin, spin a tail for hours. You guys just let me know. And he was obviously at the beach. He probably had a couple of cocktails before the interview. It, it was great. Tim. I don't know. What did you think? You were probably just like in heaven. Oh, you, I loved like it. Boston yeah. guy. Oh, well, so we have had a lot of good feedback in the last couple of days on social and people are saying it's potentially our best interview ever. And I feel like we've said that a few times in the last three, four months, but I, I know we've also said a lot of bad ones. Worst. Interview yeah. Ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he was great. And I think people I saw more than once. Someone's like, you know, I, I hated the Bruins. I always hated him. I had no idea. He was such a likable guy. And and that didn't surprise me. I think I knew he was, but yeah, out of market teams, you know, he's a, he was a villain for a lot of years for a lot of other fan bases, and and I think it's a little bit of a he kind of straddles the line because he's got like you like that enforcer personality, and he's got that humbleness and and just the the toughness that comes with fighting, but also he's got a, he's got another leg in the skill and 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 first line scoring line experience, winning a cup and that sort of thing. So we can talk about the X's and O's in a certain way that other guests maybe can't. And so he got kind of got the best of both worlds. And I thought that it was 
it really came through. And he, like you said, he came ready to talk. He was ready oh, to yeah. talk. He was ready to tell some stories, loves talking about fighting. And I'm glad that he said that, like, it, it, he, why he said yes was to talk about fighting and to talk about it specifically with you. It was funny. Right after the show, Dale Weiss messaged me. Yeah. You got to get me on. Got to get me on the show. <laughs> and I'm like, who is this? <laughs> I, I had to look him up. No, I'm kidding. Well, we might get Dale on next week for a rebuttal, but it was, um, it was what I loved about him. And then we'll move on to the show is, his awareness of where his butter is, his bread is buttered. You know what I mean? He didn't get caught up in the hype of him scoring goals and his junior coach saying, yeah, you had a dumpy weekend just because you scored a couple goals. Then he goes out and he fights and he gets back to what he's, you know, what he's good at. And he, he's still aware of that. He didn't lose sight of why he's successful. And it's like, Hey, I'm a grinder. I go out there. I hit, I fight. And then, then I score goals after that. I love that because most it, it, it got me thinking of Brian Bickle, friend of the show. He could have been a Milan Lucic type player, but I think he got caught up in his contract and his success as a goal scorer where he lost sight of why he was successful. And I think that happens a lot. A guy will get a taste of the goal scoring. Maybe you don't want to finish that check. Maybe you don't want to get into that fight. Maybe you don't want to humble yourself enough to do the things that you did to get to the NHL because you want to be that next guy who's a skill guy. And Luch was just a perfect example. He's like, no, I'm going to go out and I'm going to run guys. I'm going to go out and I'm going to fight. Then the goals will come from that. So it was, I love that part of the interview because you just expect guys just to, because fighting is not fun, Tim. You know what I mean? It's not enjoyable. He said he enjoys it, but I think you'd rather score a hat trick than potentially get your face caved in. So it was just, that was a neat moment. And what a coach to say that to him in junior to say, Hey, I know you scored five goals in three games. It was a, you didn't do anything. So let's get back to what you're good at there, Luch. And he, and good on him for saying, you know what? You're right. First shift, I'm going to fight. So stuff like that. I, I just love stuff like that. Not forgetting why you got there. Yeah. He said he never made basically any team if it wasn't for fighting. Um, back to Bickle. Do you think, do you think he would, did he have a mean streak like Luchit? Was he as angry no. as, yeah, I was going to no, say. He was just a very happy-go-lucky type of player. If he did, because he was a big, big guy, Bix. Like, he was thick and strong and could skate, and he had a bullet for a snapshot. Absolute rocket. If he did ever decide, and I know he's, his career is long gone, but he was one of those guys where, and even the Bruins, Byron Bits, players like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? To where they, you see the talent. What a name drop. Yeah. But the guys like that who are big and strong and have good hands, Hugh, the huge specimen, huge specimen, guys like that. I'm like, man, you guys could have been incredible. Why not just put it all together? It's because they tried to be too skillful. They tried to go there like, oh, I'm a skill guy. I don't have to fight anymore. It's like, no, just fight. Be a fourth line guy. Put up 12 goals a year. You'll make millions. And then maybe your role will increase, but they just, you drink the Kool-Aid, man. And someone tells you, you could be a second line guy. Now that's who you are. You signed a $3 million deal. No, you're not. And then the next thing you know, you get traded for nothing. And then you're out of the league and that it happens a lot. A guy will sign a little ticket like that. And then they're done. So like even a guy like David Clarkson, you know what I mean? He signs a big contract. He kind of starts to drift away from his type of playing style then he's out of the league. What happened to him? I don't know. But he was so effective in New Jersey. He was a pest. He was an expert penalty killer. He was on the power play. He was just a, a all-around good, good forward. He goes to Toronto. 
Maybe his head gets a little bigger. Next thing you know, he's out of the league. And I'm sure he got hurt along the way, but he wasn't the same player. I think he tried to do too much and didn't stay in his lane. So would you put like a, a Steve Bernier in that category too? I honestly don't know anything about Steve Bernier. Who like is that Maddie's brother? No, you were you were his teammate in Arizona, weren't you? I don't he know was, who that is. Yeah, you do. Steve Downey? Is that who I'm thinking of? No, who's Steve Bernier? Yeah, I'm thinking Steve Downey. Who's I'm looking at Steve Bernier's player page right now, but I think I typed in the wrong name. This guy played the same time as you. Steve no, Downey's who I met. Steve, Steve Downey. Downey, he I think he knew what he was. I think he just overplayed it a little bit where he just maybe almost like a Sean Avery where he just played into his persona a little bit too much. And he's like, he, they hate me. I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to be the biggest just jerk on the ice and do things to make people hate me more. And people hated Steve. They hated him a, a lot. Rightfully so. He did a lot of just crossing the line types of things, but Steve Bernier, Ber- Bernier. <laughs> I don't know. He was on the devils, uh, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, one more thing on the Lucci's thing. There was an article written about uh, this interview by the Daily Hive, which I think is a hockey blog up in Canada. I don't know it, um, but they they wrote this post about the Lucci's, his comment on Vancouver lifting the cup or practicing lifting the cup in Boston. I feel like the article is a little misleading. It's He says Lucci's backs up Chara's story that Canucks practiced lifting the cup in 2011. And it kind of says like it quotes Lucci's of saying like we saw some guys doing something and it might have been the Black Aces. Like it, it kind of Lucci didn't really say in very strong terms or language in the way he spoke like that he saw for sure. And this is the team and that he corroborated what Chara said, who has since walked back, walked back that story. But the article makes it seem like he totally backed it up. And and I don't know. I didn't like that. I don't think it's a totally honest uh, take on what Lucci said in the interview. Yeah. Cause they're based out of Vancouver and they're just trying to weasel their way out of this. But I was thinking, imagine being that black ace. If you did do that and you're all jacked up because the black aces skate after the team and maybe the team didn't even have a skate. So they go out there, they get their work in Stanley cup finals. You're up three to two. You're in Boston. You're super excited. You know, you're going to raise the cup potentially. And you're just, you've done your bag skate. You're just pretending, passing it off. Ah, And then the Bruins are sitting there watching and you have no idea. Oh, if that is true. Oh, if I'm the black ace or if I'm someone on Vancouver, like the Sedins, I'm just like, what are you doing? You idiots cost me the cup. Cause that does that riles up the boys. They were up three, nothing. Luch said after, after first 10 minutes. So God, unbelievable. Well, but we did have Aaron Volpati on the show who was a black ace for Vancouver. And he said that he didn't remember anything like that. So we could do a whole expose on this with the detective story. We have this out over 10 episodes. Talk to a lot of people in this whole little (laughs) saga here. We got to Chara back. (laughs) Is it all pointing to the fact that Chara is just a big liar, liar, pants on fire? Is that, is how it's happening? Apparently he walked it back. I haven't seen the additional comments, but I don't know. Not a great look. I'm sure he had a conversation with BX too. And honestly, BX is the one coming out looking the best in all this. And he kind of said like, I don't know. We don't have to talk about this. It's news, but it, it's just, uh, he's like, we would never do that. Uh, our leadership group, you think that would happen on our team? Like, come on, give us some credit. It was so. the black cases. I, I think something did happen, but it got blown out of proportion. One of the trainers thought they saw something and then, yeah, you use it. 
Use yeah. it for bulletin board material. Nick Saban does it all the time with Alabama. He does it all the time, and that's why Alabama's so good. Not anymore. George is George is taking over the crown for the college football hierarchy there. Anyways, the NHL Tim. Big, big quarterly reports are in. Viewership is down. Ratings are down from last season. They're supposed to be spiking. We signed a big deal with Disney and TNT, Tim. It's supposed to be the NHL's time. We're getting out of the shadow of the NBA. This is it. We signed the big deal with the big company. Here comes the NHL. Well, it's not working. Viewership is way down. Over 100,000 viewers per, what is that, night, Tim? Per game, I think. Per game. So they averaged last year 478,000 viewers per game. No, that must be per night, right? Per night. I don't know. Now it's down to 373,000. 22% down. That's nightly. It's got to be nightly viewership. It's an incredible hit to this lot. 22% is a lot. Carlo Koliakovo desperately wants to be a friend of the show. Like the guy's like a dog on the bone trying to get on our show. No, he's not. Don't put words in his mouth. Does he not reach out quite a bit? Get me on the show? No. <laughs> he does. I thought he did. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, you're not coming on, Carlo. I don't know why. I think it was because when I, Tim's like, stop right now. Yeah, we'll you're stop. causing drama. I know. We'll stop. But Carlo Koliakova, what did he tweet out, Tim? Because I thought it was really spot on. Yeah, so he said, uh, this should be a wake-up call. Fans are losing interest is the big draw, and here's why. There's no real rivalries in the league right now, which I think is probably true. The closest thing we have is, I think, the Battle of Alberta. Um, but that's not – there's no real well, get story through his tweet. Get through his yeah. tweet, and then we'll we'll break it down. Okay. Uh, lacking storylines, more buzz around talk of trades than actual trades, poor marketing of stars, too many math equations. We can unpack that. Horrible playoff format. And inconsistent start times, meaning he followed that up with like he said seven, but he started seven twenty and seven fifteen, and then he say eight and it's eight fifteen, and, and nothing starts on time. It's unpredictable. So let's, let's start with the down. first one. No, no rivalries. Agree, disagree. What do you think? Yeah, I was actually thinking about this after Lucic because that was so strong the Boston Montreal rivalry at that time ten years ago, and now that doesn't exist. And this, I mean, what rivalries are there out there? Uh, the Battle of Alberta. Tampa, Toronto. We, well, I thought Tampa and the Islanders was going to become one, and it looked like it was, and the Islanders took some major steps back. So, yeah, I think that's probably right. Here's what you need from rivalries. You need like something to spark them. And what sparks rivalries? It's a dirty hit. It's a big fight. It's It's something usually that steps outside of the lines. Nobody does that anymore. There's no hitting in hockey really that much anymore. There's no big fights anymore. There's nothing to to spark a rivalry. Buffalo, Toronto. I went after Phil. Detroit and Colorado. The obviously the Claude the Claude Lemieux hit. The Boston Buffalo. The Ryan Lucic incident. There there's sparks that ignite a rivalry. There's nothing like that anymore. And even if there is, the players are so soft. There's no follow up. You know what I mean? It's 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 a different league. There's the only rivalries we have now are skill guys going for goals. It's Ovechkin and Matthews and McDavid. There's no 
heat. There's no intensity. There's no hatred. There's no animosity in this league. Nobody hates anybody. Everybody's a friend. Everybody just wants to play hockey and have a skills competition every single night. There's very few guys left in this league who dislike their opponents. You know what I mean? Even Marshawn talking about Mitch Marner. Oh, he's probably thinking about his dog and video games. He's joking around with them. I, I don't like that. I want you to be like, I hate Mitch Marner. I don't like him. So maybe but that's what he was alluding to. But yeah. You think you need like playoff matchups and probably multiple playoff matchups over several years to build a rivalry? Because that's not just at all. Hatred comes out. You don't think that? I don't think you need playoffs at all. I think those, and this is what kind of plays into what Carlos talking about. There, it stems from just how the, the schedule's made up where everybody plays everybody. When I came into the league, that wasn't the case. You played interdivision rivals eight times a season. That's how you got rivalries. You knew you were going to have to play the Toronto Maple Leafs eight times. And it's like, I'm going to fight these guys every single night. We would never go out West. And when we did, we would only play one or two Western conference teams. We would never just go out and play all 15 teams. That that wasn't the thing when I started. I don't know when they instituted everybody plays everybody. I think it was later on in my career, but I don't think you need to do that. And the impetus of that was everybody wanted to see Crosby. Everybody wanted to see Ovechkin. We got to get him to all these markets. But what that does is it takes away from their division rivals. So it's good to see Ovechkin go and play in Anaheim, San Jose, Vancouver, Arizona, Dallas. But because he's doing that, he doesn't get to play Ovechkin eight times a season. He only plays him four, three. And what would you rather see? Crosby and Ovechkin going at it head to head and having these incredible rivalries and matchups or see Crosby go to Arizona. You know what I mean? You got to kind of see the forest through the trees where it's like, okay, maybe we can get a bump one day by going to Arizona, or we can see Crosby and Ovechkin going at it eight times on NBC, Hockey Night in Canada, and it's massive and the whole country sees it. But they 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 just are so short-sighted and they just, well, well we, we need to get all these guys all over the country because we're going to grow the game that way. That's not how you grow the game. You grow the game by putting your biggest stars against each other as much as you can. You want Bergeron going against Matthews, and then everybody will watch it, and everybody everything will be great. But no, we got to get Marshawn down to Carolina. We got to get Marshawn over out west and up north. And no, that's that was a huge issue. I think they should go back to going out west and maybe playing a, a few a handful of games out west, and then stay in your division, stay in your conference. That to me is how you build rivalries just from seeing somebody over and over. It's like, I gotta go to Ottawa again. I'm fighting Karkner. I'm going to Toronto. I'm fighting McLaren and Orr. Okay. I'm going to Boston, Lucic, Thornton, Chara. You know what I mean? That, and, and I knew it. And that's why it was so fun. And you, you don't have that anymore. Cause you're just, these guys are all, you look at their schedules, Tim. It's incredible where they travel, how many games they play. How can you get a rivalry when you play a team and you don't play them again for a month and a half, two months? It doesn't work like that. You got to have some repetition with these guys. The Bruins just played the Canadians for the first time this season last week. Isn't that stupid? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. They Who's played the marketing the guy? Twice, I think, already. And the Ducks, tw- like, it's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I get like, schedules are complicated. There's a lot of things that go into it, but you're not helping create rivalries. But it would think- simplify them even more if you just cut out. You yeah. know what I mean? Simplify things and say, you know what? We're not going to Anaheim and San Jose. You guys play each other eight times. 
go back to the old days when the the California rivalries were insane. When I went to San Jose, like it was Kevin Westgarth. It was uh, who had who did Anaheim have? I can't even remember. But it was just like you knew you were in for a game. Not anymore. It's just it's it's really too bad how they just they made a decision. It was a wrong decision. Hopefully they go back to it. But all right, what else? Lacking storylines. This kind of ties in with the rivalries. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think, I, I don't know if I totally agree with this. I mean, I, I wasn't an adult in like, you know, 20 years ago. I don't know what the storylines were like back then. I couldn't follow hockey like I do now. I think there's a lot of exciting ones. Some, many would cover on this show. I think what Buffalo's doing, what they're building is a great storyline. I think t- uh, Toronto losing the first round six years in a row is a great storyline. And w- will they finally do it this year? Yeah. Similar a little bit with, with Edmonton. I think there's like, in, anytime McDavid's involved, it's going to be a great storyline. I think there are others that should be bigger, like Jason Robertson should be a household name in the world of hockey, and he's not really there. Um, Tampa winning two years in a row, going three years in a row, I think is a great storyline. Boston bringing, Yeah, Boston losing Krejci and, and bringing Bergeron back, and then everything, you know, what they're doing, I think is a great storyline. So I get that. I don't really have something to compare it to. I don't know what it was like 20 years ago, but I, maybe it could be better. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, the the storylines are there. It's just how they're marketed, how they're like in basketball right now. All you're hearing about is LeBron. He's going to (laughs) break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record. He's yeah. He's ticked off. He didn't get fouled. Do you hear the same chatter around Ovechkin? You know, he's chasing this incredible record, which is another great one. Yeah. Even more unattainable than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like the Gretzky record. When you look at the stats, He's head and shoulders above the next guy. Whereas Jabbar, he's, you know, there's a lot of guys that got close to him. So I just think they do a bad job of like disseminating the information. I don't know who's running the NHL's marketing area, but they're just doing a bad job. And that leads us right into poor marketing of stars. I don't have a TV, but I do watch a lot of hockey (laughs) and I do watch it online. I don't know. How do you market? Connor McDavid. You know what I mean? It's it, it's it's hard to mark. They need to pick certain guys and go with them. Give Brad Marchand a TV show and let him go. That's all you need to do. Market the right guys and and people will flock to them. But uh, hockey has it, it's a double edged sword. People love hockey players because they're so humble. They're more for the team than they are for themselves. They don't you know brag too much. But on the other side of that that leads to them being very boring for the most part. They don't want to talk about themselves. They don't want to be the center of attention. And it just, it doesn't really help them grow the game. Whereas you see other sports guys like being the center of attention and they have that personality. They, they want people to come to them and it's easy to market that. But I I just don't think a lot of some hockey players do. I had it. I still have it. But a lot of guys don't. All right. <laughs> what does this one mean? I don't know what the next one means. Too many math question equations. Yeah, I think this goes hand in hand with the trade. More talk of trade than actual trades. I think the idea is that, like, in order to understand hockey, this it's such a complicated thing with the salary cap and escrow and like the LTIR, the way that that's being used the last couple of years, where you got to like pull out. Okay, so the Bruins make a trade. I got to pull out a calculator to see what's possible. And even if you look at cap friendly, you st- it's still hard to distinguish like real cap versus not cap and like McAvoy's on the IR, but not the LTIR. So the cap is still accounts against it. If you take, you know, like you had a, uh, he, he got beat around a little bit for this one, Koliakovo. I'm on board with it. I think, I think it is complicated. And we talked about a couple of weeks ago, maybe with Wyshynski, but the idea of like, 
a lot of trade teams want to make trades, but they can't because of the cap. And there's no there's no luxury tax. There's no incentive to spend more money. And so they don't. And I feel like that that handicaps the excitement and the storylines as well. No, I guess so. All right. Horrible playoff format. Man, it's bad. Man, it's bad. I don't like it. It's it's tough when you see it's fun for the first round when you see Tampa and Toronto or Boston and Toronto going at it. But then after that, you lose one of the top four teams in the league in the first round. It happened last year. It happened every year, every Every single year. year. So I think it should go back to one to eight, rank them and let them, let them fly or just go to 16. How fun would that be? It'd be a blast. All right. Inconsistent start times. You know what I thought the, the last day before the all-star break, there was two games on in the NHL. They started at the same time. Stuff like that. It's like, just don't start them at the same time. You're so dumb. The stagger. Well, even on a regular night, I'm trying to watch hockey. Like, oh, the Bruins are in intermission. There's eight other games happening on ESPN Plus, and they're all in intermission as well. Yeah. Or they haven't started yet. And it's just like, that is the frustrating thing, too. And this kind of goes into the next one of is making the games easier to watch. I, I have ESPN plus I pay for it in order to watch hockey games, but a lot of times I can't. And I get like, I understand you can't watch in market games. I can never watch the hurricanes on ESPN plus cause they they're part of the cable package. I don't have cable, whatever, but like you need multiple subscriptions. I can't watch any of the games on TNT. Like it's just, it's complicated. You shouldn't need, it doesn't really exist in the other sports the same way. Like you should be able to watch your teams. If you're, if you're paying for a subscription, it's very complicated. The blackouts, it's it's frustrating, and that's definitely hey, what stagnating growth. Yeah, Gary locks into these deals, and this is what happens, but I don't know. I, I think hockey, they don't market their players well. They don't market their games well. The last three years, how many times have we said, oh, outdoor game? When did you hear about oh. that? <laughs> the, the, oh, it, it happened yesterday. Yeah, Completely just non-existent and then all of a sudden they the day before the game don't forget we're in finland or we're in czech republic or we're you know what i mean i don't know what the answer is but it's not working tim so going back to the viewership down 22 percent can you put a little bit of context into how big a deal is this does it have implications for a salary cap for escrow for spending all that what does that mean well everybody who expects to salary cap to go up it's not like they rely they signed the seven-year deal, but you still get commercial ads. You still get all these things associated with the viewership, and that's all going to plummet once these numbers come out. And just say you're Gillette or you're Ford or you're Labatt Blue or anybody. Do you really want to spend that much for your product to be advertised during a hockey game or a, a big nationally televised game on Saturday night on the NHL when you know only 373,000 people are going to watch it? Or do you want to advertise on basketball or football or baseball or whatever else? So it affects everything. The cap's not going to go up. Escrow is going to rise and everybody loses. And so I, maybe it, I, don't, I thought it was a great idea. They signed ESPN. I thought they were going to put it right at the top of the ticker. It was going to get primo, you know, coverage. Apparently it's not working. People are shying away from ESPN. I think the whole thing with Disney, people are shying away from right now. Everybody's in flux. What to do there. They just laid off a bunch of people. Hockey is a great sport. I love it. You just got to get it in front of people's eyes. It's a lot. And I, I, I'm not trying to compare our podcast to them. The biggest issue we have with our podcast, people say we do good work. We get lots of positive feedback. Nobody knows about us. Really? We, we, I don't spend any money on marketing. And so the only way we get 
people to listen to us is just word of mouth or we do an interview and Lucho retweet it and we'll get a couple thousand more viewers or whatever. So I get it. It's hard to get in front of people, but if you're the NHL, like figure it out, stop trying to grow the game in the South. Stop trying to go to Arizona. Stop trying to do these, like just stay North, put a team in Seattle. That team's crazy, crazy successful. It's because it's up North. Stay up north. That's your sweet spot. You can't compete with, you know, big baseball, big football in the south. It's not going to work. Like, I think they just have to realize where their fan base is. And I know we have listeners in San Jose and this and that. But for the most part, the majority of hockey fans are in the north. I think I just think you have to stop fighting that. You know what I mean? And just accept it. We're always going to be number four. That's it. There was a time where we thought we could compete with basketball. That ship has sailed. We're competing with the MLS now. Like, that's a very real threat. Major League Soccer in the United States is going to overtake hockey. So, like, let like pick it up. Pick it up. Focus all your advertising north. Let's go. There's big cities. There's Philadelphia. There's Chicago. There's New York. Boston. There's big markets up north. Let's, let's just, like, jam it. Let's go. There's people there with a lot of money and he's just not doing it. He's so stubborn. He wants to grow the game South and uh, you're losing money, hemorrhaging money every year on these franchises. If you would lose six franchises in the Southern cities, this would be a successful league. Get rid of Dallas, Anaheim, uh, Arizona, Carolina, all of these teams, even though they have good teams, they're not that successful. So Florida, Florida, <sighs> frustrating, Tim. All right. Let's, do you want to get to some actual hockey news? Cause there's, there's a couple big things we want to talk about or should there's we stick a big on trade this? this week? What's a big trade? Unbelievably huge trade. Bo Horvat captain of the Vancouver Canucks finally got dealt after months. Where's he going to go? Is he going to resign? Will he or won't he? Blah, blah, blah. Vancouver drama, drama, drama. New York Islanders. Did you expect blue Amarillo? Did not expect this whatsoever. He gets dealt to the Islanders for Anthony Beauvillier, Atu Rati, and a 2023 first-round draft pick. Who wins the trade? Right off the bat, quick. Um, The Islanders. I think that's, you know, they added a good player. They still got to lock him up. His contract obviously ends this summer. But I think that my bigger reaction, Pete Blackburn said it on Twitter, this is a pretty boring result. As a, as a neutral hockey fan, him being traded to the Islanders isn't that exciting where all the storylines could have been like if he had gone to a, a, a team higher in the standings or a team with a, a rivalry or whatever. But the Islanders, it's like they're, they're still three or four points out of the playoff, out of the wild card, um, two spots behind the, the, the second wild card spot. I'm sure this will help them win a few more games. What if they don't make the playoffs? And then, and before that doesn't sign, I don't know if they had that conversation yet. Um, and they gave up, Kind of a lot. Anthony Bavillier is a good young player. Right? I don't think he's quite stepped up the way that we thought he would uh, when he came on the scene a couple of years ago, but that could change with a change of scenery. I guess, I, I don't know how you say it, Aturati is uh, a pretty highly touted prospect. I think he's a good young player. And the, the first round pick, somewhere in the middle, I, I don't know. You never know what that could be. So I think for Canucks to to turn uh, an expiring contract and a guy who was pretty clear not was not going to sign to turn that into those three assets is probably a pretty good good move for them as well. I think Vancouver wins this trade. I, I really do. I think the key to this trade, and I I know you talked about it a little bit, is that Aturati. 
He had a really good World Juniors. He's a good player. He kind of fell out of favor with the New York Islanders, but I think he will be the best player that the Vancouver Canucks get, potentially. Bolivier, good. Swift skating forward. He's 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 good, Tim. In that first-round draft pick, yeah, that's going to be a late-round first-round draft pick, potentially, depending on where the Islanders finish up. But the thing that really kind of piqued my interest with this trade was the news that the Vancouver Canucks did not allow Bull Horvat's agent to negotiate an extension with anybody they were talking to. And I didn't understand that. Why would you not want to let your player negotiate like with the Islanders and say, okay, we want to trade for you. Well, are you interested in signing an extension? Because if he is, don't you feel like that would up his value? Yeah, you could ask for more. I didn't understand that. And it just seemed petty by the Vancouver Canucks. It's like, oh, well, no, you're not, you're not, you can't negotiate with anybody. Cause apparently he turned down a seven year, $7 million contract or $8 million contract with the Vancouver Canucks. I don't know. I that too. doesn't, that didn't make sense to me. Oh, I'm, I'm turning down every contract from the Vancouver Canucks, but at, <laughs> much like what the Calgary Flames did, I think Vancouver did pretty well. You know, they were, they were dealing from a position of weakness. Everybody knew they had to deal Bo Horvat. He was going to walk in the offseason, and I think they got a nice return for him. I really do. That first rounder, the first rounder is good. You know, you're going to get a decent player. Beauvillier will help them in the future. He's still young. I think he's 25, 26, and that Aturati, I like him, Tim. I like him. And if Bull Horvat doesn't re-sign with the Islanders, see you later, Lou Lamorello. You're gone. Fired. Well, what's interesting, too, is that Horvat, I think I don't I'm making this up, but I think he's the second player ever to be named to the All-Star team and then traded to another team before the game happened. I don't know who else it happened to. Maybe, you know, but it's so I he's going <laughs> to he's going to um, represent the Islanders still. But I think he's wearing like a Vancouver Canucks alternate jersey for the skills tonight, something like that. Some kind of funny combination because he didn't know what to do. Um, but, yeah, he'll still be there. He's down there right now in Florida. So and, who's the new captain for Vancouver? All right. Yeah, Watchers. yeah. So Rutherford said um, that Hughes and Pedersen were going to wear the A's, and he wasn't going to name a captain right away. But but Horvat was asked yesterday who he would pick, and he said Pedersen had his vote. Yeah, not even JT Miller. Unbelievable. Nope. That team was just. And then there's another rumor: Brock Besser's on his way out, and Thatcher Demko has requested a trade. Oh, I didn't hear Demko. Yeah. Wow. So the the team is crumbling. It, oh. It's going to be a long, long season. Poor. <laughs> Poor Rick this is a great storyline, though, isn't it? This is a, it's a this great storyline. Interesting line. stuff. Send this over to Carlo. Maybe he didn't know this was a storyline. Another storyline. Speaking of the All Star Game, Tage Thompson, my man crush in the NHL right now, is going to miss the All Star Game due to an injury. Not serious, but silver lining for the Buffalo Sabers. Rosmie Stalin is going to take his place. Why wasn't he on the team in the first place? I don't know, but Rosmie Stalin. There you go. If I had a sleeper for MVP for this All-Star game, it's going to be this guy. He is made for three-on-three. He's made for the All-Star game. He skates like an absolute horse. He's got sleek skills. He reminds me of young Eric Carlson. He's a good player, Tim. He's a very good player. I know you hate him. I love no, him. I love him. He's more physical than Carlson, too. Um, yeah, Darlene, when I saw that news, I was like, is Darlene not already on the team? I was surprised by that. But, yeah, good for him. He's going to be back. Near Boston Pest, up to no... The guy lives on Twitter, Brad Marchand. The last week, he's been firing off on all cylinders, just going after everybody. What What, what is he doing, Tim? What's going on with Brad Marchand? 
I don't know, but I love it. He started with... Um, I love it. He comes in like once a month and he'll just come in and tweet something that goes viral. It's absolutely hilarious. Then he disappears. But he, he's been upping it lately, the last week or so. And he started by tweeting at... Uh, he was asked about his comments about Zegers last week. And he basically said, I just came to, my, came to my mind. So that's why I tweeted out. And the guy was like, well, that's kind of a strange response. And Marshawn replied to him on Twitter being like, oh, sorry, I didn't have a better response. You could write a better article, journalism, whatever. Uh, and then our friend of the show, Steve Dangle, came in and was like, just chirping him back. Like, does that make you feel good to, to kind of roast a journalist uh, on, publicly on social media? And he, he tweeted back a picture of Steve Dangle, like on all knees, roaring like a lion or something. And he's like, was that your mighty roar? <laughs> it's just great. Everything. And then he's tweeted a bunch of other stuff, too. There was a thread going around of who the coolest player in the league is. And he replied with a gif of himself. Things like that. It's just the league it's enjoyable. stuff. It's yeah. enjoyable. Why is Steve Dangle getting in the middle of this? You know, just just leave him be. You, you know mean you're Steve, get. Steve Justice? He saw he saw some crime happening. He wanted to step in and step up for the other guy. So I don't know. Yeah, it really worked. Was it a crime though? No. The guy's like trying to I don't know, take a shot at Marshawn. He puts him in his place. You just leave him be. I don't know. Good for Brad Marshawn. I enjoy it. I don't agree with him all the time, but I think he's a pretty funny guy. All right, Kevin Hayes, Tim. What did he say about John yeah. Tortorella in the All Star game? Well, Tortorella, a couple of weeks ago, if you remember, was asked and he was basically like, I don't care about the All-Star game. I don't know what it is. It means nothing to me. We should not be talking about it. And uh, so yesterday, some reporter kind of cheek in hand or whatever, tongue in cheek, asked uh, Kevin Hayes, you think you'll go back and tell Tortorella that the All-Star game was a cool experience? And he was like, I don't think I'm going to say anything like that at all to him. <laughs> Pretty funny. The reporter. Reporters are such jerks. Philadelphia. They're actually playing better of late, but they're still a bad hockey team. Torch is just, <laughs> I can't imagine how that locker room is. He's just, oh, he's always upset when he's on the best team in the league. You know what I mean? I can't imagine when you're on the Flyers and he's trying to just deal with all that crap. So good, good for Kevin Hayes. He probably hates life in Philadelphia. You know who doesn't hate life? Dylan Strom. I like Dylan Strom. I played with him somewhere. I don't know where. He was a young rookie. Chicago? Very, Arizona? Very, I don't know, some, maybe Arizona. Guy's got great, great skill. Reminds me of Benoit Pouliot. Didn't really quite figure it out, put it together. This offseason, Chicago didn't want to sign him. Said, yeah, we're good. Smart move by Chicago, letting go of a good, young, skilled player who can put the pucks in the net on a consistent basis. He had some contract offers, Dylan Strom did. Decided to bet on himself. Signed a one-year, $3.5 million deal with the Washington Capitals. And said, we're going to roll with it. I'm going to go. I'm going to play with some good hockey players and see how it goes. Lo and behold, he gambled and he absolutely won. He finally, finally gets some just solidification on his career. The guy gets a five-year, $5 million deal. Gets to play with Alex Ovechkin for the next five years because Ovi's going to play until he breaks the record because he's just so committed. I'm happy for Dylan Stroll. You know, he he's he's produced everywhere he's gone. And everybody just dogs him because he, I don't know why he was a high first round draft pick. I want to say he was second or third overall. It was, he's a high draft pick, but when you look at his points, he's got 206 points, 325 games. Like he gets 51 and 50, 38, 58, you know, 48 and 69. This year he's got 36 and 52. It's right on par with his output everywhere he's gone, but no one's wanted to lock him up long-term. He started with Arizona, went to Chicago. Now he's in Washington, Good for him. I think it's good. 
Yeah, he was third overall in the 2015 draft, which was McDavid, Eichel, Strom, and then Marner. Uh, loaded draft. This is going to go back. We'll come back in this one. Rantanen, Timo Meyer, Pavel Zaka, by the way. Just touching him real quick. He had two goals. I think he's had like 11 points in nine games since he's signed an extension with the, with the Bruins. Awesome. Just a great, great player. Up and down the lineup, plays both ends of the ice, fits in really well. And he's still only like 25 26, he's young. I had no idea how young he was. So really cool to see. I love this guy on the Bruins. No, Bruins, Bruins, Bruins. All right. All-star Bruins. skills competition tonight, Tim. Is there, Are they doing anything different? You know what? I, I, I'll i say this. The NHL reached out, or my agent, via the NHL, and they said, hey, we might need you. Come in. You can do some work for ESPN. It'll be great. It'll be fun. We'll give you $10,000. I was like, done. Let's do it. Like, where can I sign? And like, well, maybe Pat Maroon might do it. I'm like, what are you, what, Pat Maroon? Why? Doesn't he still play in the league? Why do you want him doing work? He's just, like, go on vacation, Pat Maroon. And then, okay, a couple hours the next day, they go, oh, sorry, Pat Maroon's going to do it. I'm like, you son of a gun, Pat Maroon. I could have had 10 grand in my pocket. I he needs f- 10 grand more than you do. You know what I mean? Even just take a vacation. You don't like your family? Like, you, you play hockey all year long, and you have this nice week break built in for you guys to go and get some R&R but he wants to go and make $10,000 and take it out of my pocket. Oh, I was so upset. I was so happy. I was like 10 grand. It kind of happened last minute. I didn't even expect it. My agent's like, yeah, the NHL is a little scared of you. Like why? They they really don't really care for you. you those were his words. So, so bad. So incredibly bad. But yeah, Pat's going to do a great job. What do you make of the league being afraid of you? Gary doesn't like me. That Colin Campbell doesn't like me either. That guy's a turd. Turd in a box. That's that's what his name should be. Turd in a box, Colin Campbell. I I don't know if afraid is totally the right word, but if it is, it kind of makes sense because obviously he was afraid of you at the All-Star game, afraid of what you do, what you'd say, and then here you are as one of the, the better, more well-known, more relevant, and and and, I don't know, active alumni in the league right now. And and you're not going away. And so they want to leverage people like you to grow the game with a fan, like like they're doing with Biz and other guys like that. And yet they can't because of the way they treated you and because of they don't know what you say. It's just the weird dynamic. They're stubborn mules. Wouldn't yeah. it make perfect sense for me to go to the all-star game and be a part Every of year. it? Every year. Every year. Yeah. Every year. I would you're do the it. All-star guy. I would do it for not for free, but for not like I would do it for less than ten thousand. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make sense. So every year I just expect them to reach out and like, hey, do you want to come in? And, you know, we can have you in the intermission, do a couple of interviews. You know, my idea was get me on the ice for the all-star game, all-star skills competition. Let me go on the (laughs) ice. Do in mid all-star skills competition interviews for the whole rink. It'd be great. And I could like give out tips to the players and stuff. Like, you know what I had to do here? You're supposed to sauce it over that scoreboard there. You know, you do it like this. And just have some fun with it, but they won't because they're so lame. And Gary's just imagine him at a party, Gary Bettman and Colin Campbell, just geeks in the corner. Oh, it's terrible. That's why I'm not doing it. Cause I say stuff like that. And it's just yeah, like, whatever, yeah. who cares? I don't, I don't need your dirty money. Gary Bettman, all the escrow money that people are taking from the poor players that have to pay the escrow. But anyways, they, the all-star skills competition is tonight. The game is tomorrow. Very exciting. We got some players there that we enjoy friends of the show. Are you going to watch it, Tim? 
Uh, if it's on ESPN Plus, I will, but I'm guessing it's not, so probably not. Of course it won't be. <laughs> It'd be too smart to put it on all platforms. It's on ESPN Prime. You got to pay a subscription, and then you got to know the passcode, and then you might be able to watch it. But anyways, anything else you want to touch on, Tim? Uh, no, no. We got some guests lining up for next week and coming weeks. We got we got a nice little uh, uh, backlog now. We don't have time for them all. Who do we got? Give them a little teaser. Well, we talked about letting Weiss on to tell his side of the story, and then we had we got Doc coming on. Mm-hmm. We've got Ryan Graves coming on. We've got Dylan Cousins coming back. We've got. Um, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. We'll, we'll leave it there. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a that's a good line. Lots of good young players. Talk about the Devils. Talk about the Sabers resurgence. Talk about Kirby Doc. His big fight. Very what a year he's had. Yeah. What a year. Should be the captain. Nick Suzuki. Guy can't even reach top top cupboard. Unbelievable. All right, everybody. Have yourself a very nice weekend. Thank you again for the support. We really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you on Monday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.